This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hello, listeners. I'm so happy you're here for a new episode. I'm your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach. And you guys are in for a treat today. This episode is with David Hayward, who is better known as the Naked Pastor. And no, he's not really naked. He'll share a little bit more about why he calls himself that. But my goodness, you guys, Terry and I just had the best conversation with David about breaking free from fear and embracing deconstruction thoughts. And this episode was just really meaningful for me, you guys, because I am definitely in a season of my faith where I'm just becoming more and more confident not engaging or supporting any type of systems that cause harm, suffering, humiliation, or pain to any section of society. And (laughs) you guys know from what I do here at Fresh Start Family, a huge part of that is children, right? I am a positive parenting educator. I'm a family life coach, but really at the heart of what I do is I am a child advocate. And it has definitely been such a journey for me over the last five years to really just start becoming more and more confident, being very outspoken about how I do disagree with so much of what the church has taught families. And thank God, this is not every Christian church across the world. I have you know members of my team and also so many students who are like, thank God, Wendy, that was never taught in my church when it comes to using pain and fear and force and spanking and doing everything under the sun to justify and force it down parents' throat that spanking is the biblical way. And it is okay. It's not only okay, it's like absolutely like if you want to raise good, kind, human beings who honor and fear God, then you need to spank them. Like It's just a rhetoric that is really forced down a lot of people's throats in the Christian world. What I I now am starting to refer to as the scary Christian world, because there are so many amazing churches and pastors and communities of faith who are not teaching this, thank God. And so, you know, I'm just becoming really more adamant about finding communities and finding fellow lovers of Jesus Christ and people who are serious and care about their faith, but who are also very resistant to supporting any type of, you know, harmful messaging or just things that they're questioning, right? So this conversation with David Hayward today was really special to me because I really respect what he's done in the world and what he continues to do, how he shows up both as an artist and as a pastor. And I'm just really, really thankful for this conversation because I think it's going to give so many of you just, I guess freedom would be a good word for it, but it's going to encourage many of you to just stop and really make sure you're thinking for yourself. So I'll tell you a little bit more about David, and you can go check out his work for yourself, but I think you really are just going to love love this conversation. So David has a BA in Bible and Theology, a Master's in Theological Studies in New Testament, and a Dep- Diploma of Ministry. He was ordained to the ministry and served local churches, preaching and teaching and providing pastoral care for 30 years. He studied, studied the Bible inside and out and loves to help people. He left the ministry in 2010. People suggest he's now an online pastor, which my goodness, he absolutely is. You'll hear me calling him pastor throughout this interview because he really is pastoring the light and love of Jesus Christ to the world. It's just in a different way than a lot of other people do it. But he considers himself a pastor to the pastorless. He does love helping people find their way, their own way on their own spiritual growth journeys. This means he is an LGBT 
LGBTQ ally, a feminist, and a super progressive in his theology. He's been the naked pastor since 2005, and like any graffiti artist, he uses his images and words to challenge the status quo of religion and to offer hope for those who struggle and suffer under it. He believes in spiritual independence and helps people empower themselves to achieve it. The healthiest people are independent, autonomous, self-ruling, and independent people from healthy, interdependent relationships rather than codependent ones. Community is important to him, but it requires healthy individuals to form. His online community, The Lasting Supper, is one, and you're invited. He makes his art and words available all over the internet, his cartoons, Sophia drawings, images of Christ, books, The Lasting Supper, and speakings are all part of his toolkit for helping others. So I just found this interview so fascinating, being someone that I feel like I've never been stronger in my faith, and we absolutely love our church here in San Diego. And it's very important for me to be someone who always encourages us all to be in healthy environments where you are able to ask questions, you are able to challenge things that do not feel like they actually make sense or in line, right? Like there are things that I feel like just happen within our bodies when practices are going on or things are being said or certain sections of humanity, whether it's kids or whatever it may be, like are being spoken to and treated in disrespectful ways. There are something happens in our bodies that we're like, hey, this doesn't seem right, Right. And then you're going to have like so many people find me at Fresh Start Family. And like I said, they've been fed this rhetoric. And it's not just fed this rhetoric about how they have to discipline their kids, air quotes, discipline, let's just be real, punish. But it's it's been forced down their throat. And like I just had a student last week where her pastor, her pastor's wife and her own father were basically telling her that she's being satanic by using the fruits of the Spirit to raise her children. So peace, love, kindness, kindness, self-control, like the fruits of the Spirit. You're being satanic. <laughs> and she's just like, what? And they're like calling meetings with her and just making sure that she's like, you know, really considering what she's doing if she's not willing to spank her children. And it's just freaky. It is freaky. But so many people struggle with the process of just raising their hand and saying, hey, I'm not cool with that. So I'm just going to step to the side for a minute. Just do a little research, maybe find some new circles to like honor Jesus and praise God in. And many of you are in that space right now, right? And so this is just an episode that is supposed to encourage you and just help you remember that there are, if you are a family of faith, there are so many ways to honor and worship Jesus Christ. And you do not have to stay stuck in scary Christian circles. <laughs> I call them scary Christians, but you know, there's just different sections of Christianity that are very scary and dangerous, I would even add. So I know that you guys are going to love this episode with David, and you're just going to hear us chat about his story, his art, some of his favorite pieces, how questioning beliefs and teachings like Spare the Rod, Spoil the Child BS can feel traumatic and scary. However, we can't be free until we really beat the fear associated with challenging, like harmful, hurtful messages like that. How becoming comfortable with de deconstruction is really a journey and not a task to complete. The importance of trusting ourselves when we have thoughts that, oh my gosh, like what if we're doing something wrong? What if our mom, dad, pastor's wife, whatever, like disagrees with us. Again, we talk about in this episode how important and healthy it is to question things when it comes to your faith. We also talk about how none of us are trapped, but instead at choice with how we practice our faith and how we honor God and how many people who we look up to in the world who have made the biggest changes and have helped transform our communities and our nation and our planet in past history are not normal. So really embracing our unique calling. So those are just a few things that we talk about today, but I know that you're going to fall in love with David. Go support his work. He is just doing, I think, beautiful work in the world through his simple 
like really just compelling images, but also his messaging. Um, as I mentioned, I get his emails every week and they are one of the only emails that I read every single week because I just love what he shares. And I just think that he is, is a person that just exudes the love and light of Jesus Christ. So thank you for listening, you guys. Thank you so much. I pray that this is a blessing to you this Christmas season to have, to hear from someone like David and to have, to hear our vulnerable, open and honest conversation around all of the stuff that we talk about in this in today's episode. So without further ado, you guys, help me welcome David to the show. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am so happy to be here together with David Hayward today. Welcome to the show, David. Hi, thanks for having me. Nobody knows who David Hayward is. I know, right? Oh, they do now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they do now. Yeah, seriously. Why did I introduce you like that? That is so funny, you guys. I am here with the naked pastor. Drum roll, everybody. Now they're interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm full and, of well. Yeah. And we're doing video today, guys. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to have to go check it out over on YouTube. Does so. he have clothes on? I don't know. You'll have to check. You'll have to come see. Family show. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Is at least a robe. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Right. So good. Well, we are just going to have the best conversation today, you guys, about breaking free from fear and embracing deconstruction thoughts when it comes to our faith and what we've been taught and all that good stuff. And so, David, it really is such an honor to have you here. I, as I've been preparing for this interview, it is amazing what God's been doing and and just showing me and encouraging me. And I know there is going to be points where I probably get emotional today because your work is really meaningful to me, to us. And it just spurs so much emotion. And just, you know, I'm going to have you tell the listeners a little bit more about your story before we get going into our subject matter. And, mm-hmm. but I just, to set it up, you know, Here at First Start Family, we are an organization, a learning platform, a community, whatever you want to call it, that really everyone is welcome here. We support families of all faiths, no faiths. The work that we teach when it comes to positive parenting and family life coaching is for everyone. Every Everyone who is raising a human soul is going to benefit tremendously from this work. And we have a large percentage of our community that just resonates so much of the work because they know that we are a family who loves and praises Jesus. And so many of our, our listeners and our community members and our students have had really traumatic experiences with either the church or with being raised in a home where their parents told them that or their parents were fed this, like what I call this, you know, just, I don't even know if I have a term for it quite yet. I used to just call it the scary Christian rhetoric, but the, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child rhetoric and just air quotes discipline was used on them their entire first decade of life that include an immense amount of intimidation, pain, suffering, fear, force, overpowering all these things. And then they come and find us and they're like, oh my gosh, I do a lot of outspoken work about what true biblical parenting looks like, how compassion and unconditional love and grace and, you know, like discipline with a mentorship and teaching angle actually looks like and how it's, it is actually what's in line with Jesus. And their heart just kind of breaks wide open and they have to go on this journey to start to figure out how to do things differently, whether it's been that they did things like we, we did things quite differently the first three years with our daughter. And then we found this beautiful work and really did the the switcheroo, the U-turn, so to speak. So a lot of our families come in like that. They've they've been fed this message by the church and then they realize like, whoa, this never resonated. This doesn't work, especially if they have strong-willed kids. Their strong-willed kids are just like, no, we are not going to be coerced by fear and force. And and then they're just faced with like this new reality of 
they're questioning things. They ha- they might still have pastors or circles at church that are telling them that if they're considering switching up their discipline model, then they are whack. And they're just, I just know we have a lot of listeners who are going to resonate so much with our conversation today. And I know resonate with your artwork because we just have people that are not okay just doing what they're told when their heart is like, no, we we do not feel like this is in line, A, with Jesus and B, with our moral compass. So they're just seeking, they're just searching, and they're often also just seeking to be more comfortable in their own skin during this journey, to be able to still go to their beloved church, let's say, and be able to hold a conversation around the coffee pot when someone starts talking about how fun, you know, how annoying it is that they have to whoop their kids. And, you know, my students and community is learning to like not laugh and step away and, and deal with the the pain and the anguish of that. So that's yeah. just to tell you a little bit more about who's listening today. Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you can end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based, firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. And so when I found your artwork, it just resonated so much with me and literally brought me to tears because the things that you can, the conversations that you start in these simple line drawings, not all of your art is line drawings, but it's just beautiful. And it's just, so you have this tone of such love and and invitation and comfort and peace, right? Like I feel like I get entangled in these conversations that I'm learning to like not take part in because it's like an attack. It's violent communication. They're just, it's amazing how uncomfortable so many Christian circles are with when you start talking about grace and love. (laughs) And I'm like, why why are you guys attacking us? But they do. And then I come over to your world and it's just this peace-filled comfort and the world just really needs that. So that I just wanted to set that up and let you know kind of a more a little bit more about who's listening today. And if with all that, could you just tell everyone your story? Your story is amazing and it's just awesome. So how did you get here? How did you become the naked pastor? And I I get, you know, I read through your by your amazing bio before we started, but your own personal story would be awesome. Sure. Well thanks first of all, for having me on your show and hello, everybody out there. And I really appreciate your 
analysis of my my work, my art, that means a lot. It really does. I'm Canadian, so I'm in Canada right now. Although I, for my Mar- my American friends, I did marry an American woman. So, um, <laughs> and uh, as a result, we have three dual citizen kids. So, I grew up in a home that was very Christian. And uh, first of all, I was baptized as an Anglican as a baby, but, and my dad was a policeman and he got transferred around a lot. So I went to all different kinds of churches. I call myself my own ecumenical movement because I've been in so many different churches. And, you know, we weren't loyal to any one denomination, just whatever was convenient. And, you know, the one we enjoyed the most, that's what we went to. But I, I, became an official born-again Christian when I was a teenager, and that was in a Baptist church. And then we switched to Pentecostal. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we, were, we were Pentecostals for a while. I went to Pentecostal Bible College. That's where I met Lisa. Then I went to an evangelical seminary near Boston. And uh, the Bible College was in Springfield, Missouri, by the way. Then we okay. went to Boston for seminary, and then to Montreal for more seminary, and Toronto for more seminary. So I have a, a master's in New Testament and I have diploma of ministry for, and I was ordained into the Presbyterian church as a pastor and stayed there for, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. And then I got bored and we switched to vineyard after that. And I was a vineyard pastor locally here for about 15 years. And I left the ministry in 2010. So that's my, you know, overview. My experience of church was very mixed. So it was kind of like it was a family I wanted and needed. But at the same time, I experienced a lot of spiritual abuse, I would say. I had to learn how to navigate very controlling environments and pastors and leaders and so on. Actually, when I became a pastor, I joined the system that tends to perpetuate that kind of culture of control. And that I continued wrestling with that reality until the point I realized the only way I could keep growing as an individual and to get free of all this oppressiveness and no longer participate in this kind of systemic dehumanization of its members I left. I had already started my blog, Naked Pastor, in 2005. But in 2010, when I left the ministry, I decided to see if I could make it a full-time gig. And here I am, 12 years later, doing Naked Pastor full-time. Wow. So, yeah, with my art and writing and videos and teaching and blah, 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 blah. That's my story in a nutshell. That's awesome. And and describe to listeners, since you know this is audio, obviously, the the art. Describe to them how art came into the fold here during this process. And then like what what your art is, you know, because art is so many different things, but but give them paint a picture in their head. So I I, I failed to answer one question that I'll answer right yeah. now, really quickly. Naked pastor, I, I was a, a pastor and I was blogging. Tons of other pastors were blogging too. I thought, I want mine to be different. I want people to see behind the curtain what really goes on in the ministry, what really goes on in the church, what really goes on in the mind and the life of the pastor. So that's what the naked means. Me just being totally honest, upfront, no adornments, vulnerable, transparent. And so that's why I called myself a naked pastor. So good. And when I left the ministry in 2010, I wrestled with whether or not I should keep the name because I was no longer officially a pastor. But enough people convinced me to keep it because they claim yeah. I'm still kind of in the role of a pastor. But I'm, you are. I'm, I've been drawing and painting my whole life. I, I never remember not drawing and painting, but because my dad was a painter, I love a really good cartoon like Far Side or the gold standard for me is the New Yorker cartoons. One frame, black and white, simple, and, you know, brilliant. So that's my gold standard. That's what I want to measure up to, you know. So that's what kind of inspires me. Uh, There was another cartoonist who was working away, doing his cartoons every day. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I'm going to try a cartoon and see what happens. And people loved it. I got more traffic, you know. (laughs) They say a picture is worth a thousand words. So 
I think people really appreciated that they could get my message in a split second rather than having to read a thousand words. And it stuck. I mean, the people started sharing them and, you know, everything. So it it just got so popular and I'm having fun doing it. Not like it's work. So I'm having Yes, fun. that's so good. People are enjoying them. And so that's one branch of my art, my cartoons, which are very, like you said earlier, simple black and white drawings usually, unless colors required. I have another, I call that my contentious side. <laughs> and then I have my contemplative side, which are my like watercolor paintings, similar to what is behind me here. And then I also do sculptures. I, I do music. I do, you know, poetry, whatever. I think when you're a creative and you tap into that deep well of creativity that each one of us has, all kinds of things can come out. So, but I do focus mostly on cartoons and watercolor paintings as artistic expressions of my creativity. Nice. And this is this is a great little part from this section, the intro to your newest book, Flip It Like This, which <laughs> proudly sits on our coffee table. It's the only book on our coffee table. We have a lot of coffee table books, so <laughs> I, I preserve the coffee table for this one. And you say art is like that as opposed to words, which can more easily bounce off or filter through or get stuck in the brain. Visual art seems to bypass our rational thoughts defense mechanisms, prejudices, presumptions, and biases. Sometimes art gets to the heart of the matter where a decision is made or a revelation is received. And it's so true. It's like these simple images you create that spark such conversation and thought patterns, you can't unsee them, right? Like I think of like, you know, we go to a big church here in San Diego and some of my, our pastor's sermons are great. I'm like, dang, I come out of church. I'm like, that was amazing. I don't remember them exactly like though, but every almost every single picture in this book I can remember and it just sparks such you know mm-hmm. thought patterns in me. So it is amazing how simple they are and how much they just make you think and you can't unsee them. Well, yeah, and there's so I mean, as as everybody knows, it's like there's so much noise in the world. You know, some of the noise is worth tuning into and some of it we all love. I mean, you know, we tune into podcasts, so we do, we listen to the music we want, we do all this stuff, but then there's all this other noise. And so, you know, your style of this one frame New Yorker style cartoon, it just, it tunes out all the noise. It gets right to the heart of the concept of the subject of what you're trying to illustrate for that one thing. And like, like you described beautifully in your book and Wendy is elaborating on is you totally, you have to, you sit with it, mm-hmm. you, you receive it very quickly and you sit with it. And so many of those things are so thought provoking because then the person who receives it has to, that they that they then get to process the the thing. And a lot of times, you know, especially with this book, it's very like, oh, dang type of like, right, like yeah. art. And, and I mean that in a good way, it's kind of like oh, wow, that's the stuff that either I feel, but nobody talks about, mm-hmm. or, oh, wow, that, like, I, I now get to empathize with somebody else that might be on the other side of, of, mm-hmm. of this subject. And, you know, there's so many subjects that you approach, you know, in this book, and mm-hmm. many of them, I don't know, I'd, I'd say the common theme is, is like, if you were to t- tune out everything to do with the church, everything that quote unquote man has created around this, and you mm-hmm. just tuned into the heart of Jesus and mm-hmm. through that lens looked at some of these subjects and current events and things that you know are going on, it's mm-hmm. like it's that clear and that refined of a message. And I, I think that's why it it, it yeah. hits me personally. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah um, I often think of my work is like anybody's work. So double-edged sword. So one edge is to encourage and uplift and validate and affirm people that they have the right to live and express their authentic selves. The other edge of the sword is to challenge anything, anyone, any system that opposes that personal freedom. So that's why some people love my cartoons and some people absolutely despise my cartoons because I'm encouraging the 
freedom of the individual, which a lot of people think some people shouldn't enjoy. And then I'm challenging any systems that restrict or oppress the marginalized or you or me or, or anybody. And people, a lot of people don't like that either. And so, but on the other hand, there are a lot of people who who do want to live free and want to break free from any of the people and systems that are preventing them from living free. Yes. And I, and I can relate so much to that double-edged sword, right? And it's like constantly you're doing it as an artist, I'm doing it as an educator. It's like this constant yeah. trying to like keep yourself aligned for me with like mm-hmm. the heart of Jesus and not dip into like any type of attack or yeah. that type of engaging with like any of that, but still stand tall and advocate against all of that hypocrisy and all the stuff, right? So it's such an interesting journey, which is a great word to bring us to. One of my first questions for you is just, I've seen you share a ton about becoming comfortable with this journey, right? Like, it's not like a, Mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden, like, again, for a lot of our listeners, all of a sudden you're going to hear like, oh, maybe the Bible doesn't tell me I should hit my kids and overpower them and scare the shit out of them every time they do something like maybe that isn't biblical and you start to question and then you start to look at oh my gosh like there are other things that make my stomach uneasy when the pastor says that like like we've had we've had some sermons where we come home and we're like oh god I feel like I'm gonna throw up like we're not okay with this or this doesn't align like or this doesn't feel right something is like we need to dig deep and look in script, like blah, blah, blah. There's just this questioning that starts to happen. So can you talk to us a little bit about the idea of becoming more comfortable with the uncomfortableness of knowing that, you know, I sometimes I say it as like being the black sheep and being like, yes, yeah. hello, I am the black sheep. And I'm okay with that. You wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, that's, it's okay. Yeah. Right. Like, so I think some of the, your words were get, get used to it being a wonderful way of life. Keep going. The goal is a peace is peace of mind and tranquility, resting in the questioning, relaxing into the mystery. Right. But this idea of like deconstruction that you talk a lot about of not yep. being that we're like middle finger church, like it doesn't have to necessarily be like, we're out, we're never doing it, but there is exploring, there's questioning, there's mm-hmm. doubting, there's standing tall and saying, Yep. I will not pass on this harmful yeah. belief system to my right. kids or whatever it may be. So that's yeah. my first question. Yeah, well, so your double-edged sword, one of them anyway, would be encouraging parents to adopt or learn or explore a new paradigm for parenting. That would be the edification side. The mm-hmm. tearing down side would be challenging orthodox religious opinion about how to raise your kids, which includes hitting or, you know, causing suffering or pain or, you know, whatever. So that'd be your double-edged sword. Fortunately, on the side of the people you're encouraging, there's, there's good news, there's encouragement, there's appreciation. But when you challenge the authorities or the status quo or orthodoxy or tradition, you're going to get a lot of hate. And I know all about that. And that's why a lot of us are very nervous about opening our minds and hearts to questions is because we know that once we start, it might not end the way others think it should. We, I think we instinctively know that. I compare it to just our natural human growth. Teenagers and adolescents and, and young adults instinctively know that if you're going to start questioning your parents or questioning your teachers or questioning the police or you're going to it could lead to something not very comfortable right 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 and i think we instinctively know that spiritually that if we start questioning it might take us down a path that might make us uncomfortable for a while but i wrote a book a few years ago called questions are the answer where the trick isn't to find the answer. I discovered that. It's not finding the answer. It's actually in the questioning. You need to become comfortable with mystery. You need to become comfortable with not finding the answer. You need to become comfortable with with questions. 
And that's where your peace of mind comes, not from, I finally found the answer. Your peace of mind comes from being able to find tranquility and poise in the middle of mystery. It's like that says in the Bible, seek and you will find. But that's constantly telling us to seek because you're, you know, there's always that seeking and finding is always happening. It's, that's a way of life. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. So it's like once you open up your mind and your heart to the universe, to mystery, to not knowing, to dark night of the soul, to the valley of the shadow of death or whatever you want to call it, that's where you'll find your peace of mind. Yes. And it's my favorite pastors always encourage questioning. Like yeah. those are the pastors that I love. We were just in Florida at his dad's house and, you know, <clears throat> kind of, yeah, deep South Bible Belt. Like I remember years ago, we were like, oh, oh no, they had moved there. And we were like, oh no, what is this church going to be? And then we, we are just so in love with their church and their pastor. And he is just always like, bring on the question. So last time we were home, there was just this amazing sermon all about questioning and the questions were so good and challenging and thought provoking. Uh-huh. And he was just wide open. And, and he it took was, them from everybody. It was like yeah, it was every so corner good. of the room, including the kids. He answered all the kids questions. And it wasn't oh. even, like you said, it wasn't even about answering yeah, them. There was a lot he didn't have it answers for but he took them anyways like you got to be yeah. like that takes a lot to stand up on stage i'm sure as you, like you could relate to yeah, like yeah. ask me a question like one of the worst feelings is like i don't know where to go with this the one answer. but i'm gonna do it anyways you know yeah and, and some of them he didn't even have a, like an answer and it was still so moving and beautiful and christ-like you know so how many were, um, how many how many were there yeah there well we were online that day and i mean normally back when we like before Grammy got a little sick, but there's probably like a hundred people at yeah. each service. There's a contemporary That's service and there's a not. Yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a lot of good pastors out there like that pastor, but you're going to find them in smaller congregations, smaller churches. Yeah. 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 What's nice is that congregation is older, you know, and I just feel like Sometimes, you know, it's just, it's just nice to, it's really comforting to see that pastor doing his work down there. We just love him. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'm going to read this too. This was such a beautiful, something you shared in the video, a video the other day. Questioning can believe, questioning beliefs can be traumatic. It can feel painful, but true deconstruction never ends. It's just questioning our conditioning, what we were told to believe the status quo, assumptions, adopted ideas, inherited beliefs. Don't wish for deconstruction to end. Just become more comfortable with the journey. It isn't certainty that leads to wisdom. Wisdom, It's actually doubt. We are becoming wise by doubting and questioning. Like, boom. I like, boy, I like the way you read that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds much better than I, I do. <laughs> well, what's so cool, too, you, you know, like, you know, thinking about like some of these words and verbiage and everything, you know, we're talking about deconstructing and all these things. But what I think is so beautiful about like the cartoons is, is I feel like once everything's kind of dismantled, all that's left is like love, grace, and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, I feel like a common theme out of almost every single thing, like in your book here. Yeah. It, it's, it's like what's left after you get rid of all of the noise that I talked about from the world, all mm-hmm. these people, all these things. What you're left with is I, I think the the pure intention of all of this is just a loving, accepted feeling, you know, mm-hmm. for for everybody. And it strips away this like exclusivity to like some people are more accepted than others or or yeah. this or that. It's like, it's like, no. It's, it's all love. Once you strip it all away, it's all, it's all love. And I, and I think that's just a a beautiful thing to, to find during this journey that if, if you were looking for an answer, I hear you, like we, we, we got to keep going, we got to keep going. But if there's a common theme or, Mm -hmm. or something, once you do start to peel these things away, you're going to find that at the center of it all, and it's not in man's culture it's at the center of of it all it's just love and acceptance and grace yeah that's why people say well after you deconstruct you have to reconstruct and i'm like "Mm, wait 
<laughs> but, Pause. Uh, yeah. You know, just just deconstruct, question everything, and just you know, a lot of people get really uncomfortable not surrounded with their beliefs or structures or whatever. I'm saying just give it time, enjoy the space. I'm an open concept mm-hmm. kind of guy. Enjoy the space and enjoy the silence, enjoy the openness. You'll, and when you get used to it, you realize this is where it's at. Now, I know some people who start deconstructing and maybe they leap over to a more progressive congregation or they leap over to a different religion or they leap over to atheism or they, you know, leap over into science or, you know, whatever. To me, just wait a while and just appreciate the openness, the wide open space Because I've come to believe that we're all one deeply connected on a fundamental level. There's one reality that we all interpret through our own lenses, through our own paradigms, through our own worldviews. We all have our own languages that we use to try to explain it. And that seems to divide us, but it only seems to. Because we're all, you know, there's just one reality. And and so when when you get down where you've cleared away all of the stuff and you're in that open space, just just realize this, like like you said, Terry, this is it. This is what love is. This is exactly what love is, like the sun that shines on everybody. It's like the rain that falls on everybody. It's like gravity that pulls everybody, everything indiscriminately. And, and so you're in this place of complete openness to that, the beauty of that, right? So, yeah, I think that's really important, a very important part of my conversation about deconstruction. Wow, my gosh. <laughs> I'd like That's probably beautiful. another reason yeah. why those Marvel multiverse uh, movies don't make any sense. So, <laughs> the multiverse. Just a side note there. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that's so good. Okay, Pastor, so talk to us a little bit about fear. So in our work here at For Sure Family, again, we do like a lot of family life coaching. We teach kids from a very young age, like, you know, how do you, like, all about basic human emotions, right? Like how to feel scared and actually move forward or to feel bravery and courage on the other side and how to obviously not lead in your parenting with fear, right? Like what we teach is all about how to influence your little human souls to put their damn shoes on or get in the car or eat their breakfast just because you have true influence and it's through connection and Mm -hmm. firm kindness and strong boundaries, connection Mm -hmm. and grace and all these things, right? So we're, we're helping families to do it differently where they're not being, they're not raising their children with fear as the main mechanism. And so many of them are still having been raised with fear as the main mechanism. So then you bring in this idea when you start questioning, right? Like if, like I have one student right now who's in like my high level certification program who is becoming an educator. She's becoming a coach, but she's in a school system where corporal punishment is legal down in the South. And her pastor highly advocates for things she is adamantly against now, right? And just doesn't believe is in line with Jesus and and biblical and all these things. But But the fear is such a huge thing. And I'm just going to read something that you had shared. You said, you won't be free till you beat fear. Thinking outside of what we were told to think and believe, the thinking of like, it it can cause us to think like suspicious, handling Mm -hmm. the fear of, oh no, what if like I'm wrong or there's this internal damnation. Fear is the most effective tool to keep you in in bounds, I think you said, and in bondage, yes. something like that. So maybe encourage listeners, like as they're becoming more confident, saying like, no, I stand against that. I won't stand for hypocrisy. I won't support this. Like, And not even in that aggressive of a way, but just saying like, I'm questioning it. Yeah. I'm starting to be more confident moving away. Like, how do we handle fear? That's such a huge topic, but I talk about it all the time because I think that's one of the primary emotions that a lot of people feel, especially those who are deconstructing and so on. Fear is, I think, religion's most effective tool. That's just my opinion. Because it works. We have a children's book somewhere here that we used to read to our kids many, many years ago. And it was written by an an Anuktuk First Nations person, Northern Canada. And it tells a story about these 
terrible monsters that lived under the ice that would eat eat children. And and so <laughs> I I understand why parents create those stories because they don't want their children going out on the thin ice in the spring or in the or too early in the winter because yeah. they don't want them to fall through the ice. So they terrify the kids with these monsters so they won't go anywhere near it. And it's the same with witches living in the woods that will kidnap you if you get, go in there alone or trolls living under the bridge so that you don't, you know, go way too far from home. Like all these things are used fear tactics to keep us in bounds and to make us behave. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier, okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me now, if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. And the church is masterful at using fear to control the people. Now, it might be good intentions. You know, they might think, like, if somebody really, really believes in hell, of course, if they have any heart, they're going to try and save me from that. So it comes out of a sincerity, but 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 it's also comes out of a need to control us. And this you know this this flows into parenting. Lisa and I decided early. We have three adult children now. They're our, our best friends. Like we have a wonderful wonderful relationship nice. with them. But it took a lot of work, and it's not the traditional kind of work of constantly being on top of them scaring them to to obey and not to you know wander off or whatever we made a decision early in our kids life lives that we were going to prefer relationship over always being right so immediate right there we're abandoning fear as a mechanism for parenting and um, i'm telling you it, it doing that though produces another kind of fear because there's nothing worse than a parent feeling that they've lost control of their kids. Right. right, right. <laughs> yes. So, but there were times when we we were scared about that. But right. it's wrong for us to convert that fear that we're feeling into a tool to manipulate them or control yes. them. 
And I know a lot of parents who've done that. They're like, I'm going to be right. And I care about my kid and I'm going to scare them, scare the hell out of them, scare the shit out of them, whatever, in order to keep them in line. And they end up losing relationship with their kids. And so we chose relationship over being right all the time. And there were scary times. I would never want to parent teenagers again, but but it was worth it. Because we we took the long view of investing them with love, investing them with the ability to understand themselves and how to be their authentic selves and how to express their authentic selves. That gets really messy, really chaotic. But the long picture is they're now like, seriously, I'm not kidding, our closest relationships. And we enjoy one another. We go on vacations together. We, you know, whatever. That's how I think love works. It love frees the opposite of of what perfect love casts out fear, right? So if you want to love your kids fully, the fear can't play a part. Amazing. Yeah. And I just, you know, I always just want to remind, you know, the parents who are, they start questioning or being the, the, so to speak, air quotes, black sheep at the at their church or their congregation when they do parent dif- parent differently, right? They're going to get questioned. There's going to be this this flare up in our minds. But I just always remind everyone that like bravery and courage is what happens on the other side when you realize like, oh, I'm just scared right now. I'm scared that the pastor doesn't agree with me. I'm scared that the congregation thinks I'm crazy for not just taking my kids behind the alley and, and hitting them or whooping them, right? Like a term that is so thrown around in the church drives us nuts. We we were inspired by your art to make some new art. It's actually not art, but it's, we have new mugs. I, I should have used it today. Um, um, yeah. It just says, it just says Jesus, Jesus didn't whoop kids. That's like our first stab at being like... <laughs> Just fun little David Hayward inspired. That's why why deconstruction never ends because it's it's an attitude and a posture of questioning. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, the media, we should constantly question what's being told to us, right? You don't, don't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything you hear. Like you, you should, you should examine and analyze and, you know, discern everything that's being fed to you. And that should never end. That's why deconstruction never ends till my dying day. I just finished reading Isaacson's biography of Albert Einstein. And up until his dying day, he was trying to, like he, he, he developed the theory of uh, general relativity mm-hmm. and he kept believing that there was some kind of, oneness behind all this sense of disorder and Mm. and constantly searching for the formula or for the theory until his dying day. Wow. His dying day. So that's what I'm talking about. That posture of, of curiosity. That's what wisdom actually is. It's, it's the ability to float on the sea of questions rather than being anchored on an island of exclamation marks, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's so a part of, I think, that paradigm shift that that we end up in these conversations with a lot of parents is, is especially of a a, a kid like our firstborn, is there's going to be a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and you got to be okay with that. And then those questions may in turn mean that I might have questions but yes. we're going to be on the journey together. Like you said, the long view, we're Perfect. we're going to do it together instead of Perfect. just like, you know, this, this, this posture of like, let's nip everything in the bud. Let's, let's shut this down. Let's, let's stop this communication. Let's stop these questions. Don't question me. Yeah. This is it. That's that. Yeah. Dad knows everything. It's a different view and that's scary that creates its own set of fears for some people but you know i think you know you're you're sitting here raising your your hand high we're sitting here raising our our hand high i have a 14 year old and it's not that it's not scary having a 14 year old but i'm not nearly as scared as some of these dads i look at in the eyes that that chose to could do a different way they they're are scared dude. Yeah. and I'm they are life. all over their kids i mean they're like private investigators yeah. and they have yeah. no relationship with them. They have, you know, they, they're, I mean, it's gnarly, like what's going yeah. on. 
And I look at my daughter and I'm like, she's got this. Yeah. She's got this. And that doesn't mean it's all going to be perfect, but she's got this. And she I'm tells telling us everything. Her, she tells us everything. And she's I know. Um, and TMI. TMI. We yeah. got from our kids. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you have to tell us all of this? Yeah. Stuff? So you got to be okay with that too. You got to be good, uh, good at kind of like just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. process. Don't react right away. Then you and teach it, later. You yeah. always teach. You always yeah. teach. Oh I mean, my that, gosh. this is probably for another episode, but I think it's just, it so goes back to all of these, these things. And then, you know, I just, I really, I, I really hear and feel what you're saying about this, this journey and being okay with the curiosity and the questioning I mean, I think of even just non-parenting wise, I have gotten, I've gotten to where I am in my career just by being curious, just by wanting to know, how does that work? How do, mm. I, I see that thing up there. How does that work? And, and if I yeah. hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have gotten very far. So yeah. why wouldn't that logic apply to some of the most important things in our life, like our, our kids, our family and our faith? Yeah. Yeah. So let's translate that over like with the kids to us as adults in the church. If churches have the same attitude that you were discussing just then towards its members, and 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 I tried to do that as a pastor. Listen, I'm going to let you drive your own car. You drive the, yes. the own car of your life. You're the master of your destiny. You're the captain of your own ship. So, but I'm here for you. And we'll do this together. Mm-hmm. And I actually had people sit down in front of me in my pastor's study and say, we pay you to tell us what to believe and how to right. do it. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Right. And, and a lot of people don't like that kind of freedom. It's scary. They want to be told exactly how to get to heaven. But when you open up the lives of the people, you you say, listen. You're, you're free, and, and we're here to support you in that. You be your authentic self. I'll be my ethnic self. Let's try not to hurt one another. Let's figure this out. And so how can I be free without violating your freedom? How can you be free without violating my freedom? I think that's an important dynamic that churches should, you know, work with. And I think we would see a lot less people migrating away from the church if the church just, instead of saying, you shall not pass. Right. And, and um, <laughs> allowing people to explore. I think people might leave for a while and come back around, or yep. they might stay and, ca- you know, be like a disturbance in the community. Oh, yeah, yeah. Agitator. But, yeah, agitator. But I, I think if the church allowed us to grow beyond adolescence in our spirituality, to be able to question everything, authority, rules, you know, everything that it would come back around, you know, we'd come back around. So like, like kids mm-hmm. would, their parents, if the, if their parents were loving and caring and cared more about their personality and personal authenticity and freedom than them measuring up to their standards. Right. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true, man. Oh, we could literally chat for hours. Terry yeah, has a photo shoot today, so we have to go soon. So I'm going to ask one last question, yeah. and then I want you to tell listeners everywhere where the book's on Amazon, right? So we can yeah. put your book. Okay, we'll put your book on our shop page, and yeah. we'll make sure you tell everyone, like all the places they can find you and everything. So I know you, you've shared so much how your art creates this range of response, right? Everyone from... Like people either, some people are enraged by it. Some people are validated. Some people are enlightened, everything in between. Mm. And you share how your your artwork is polarizing, right? Like similar to our work here at Fresh Start Family, it's, it is po- like parenting is polarizing. People get all jacked up about it. And so when it comes to, and, and I'll read this one last thing, and then I'm going to ask you, how do you, how do you, how do you, keep this posture of love and kindness and grace and all these things like Christ-like posture amongst like haters and the attack that comes so freaking heavy by the Mm -hmm. scary Christians. Mm -hmm. I think that's the term I like the most. I've tried like toxic evangelical circles, but then that kind of hates on all evangelicals, but scary Christians is one that I've always associated with. But you say in your book uh, or 
somewhere you said this, affirmation, acceptance, inclusion, and love have always been offensive to some people, especially those who consider themselves the gatekeepers of who's in and who's out, who belongs and who doesn't, who meets the criteria and who doesn't. Things haven't changed much in the 20 years that I've been drawing. So can you tell us, Pastor, when you get this hate stuff, like, how do you just keep yourself centered to respond in this way that feels like you're still withholding your values of being that double-edged sword, like this strong double-edged sword where you're like encouraging the heck out of people, but you're like, Mm-mm, I will not stand or tolerate hypocrisy or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Maybe just end us off with that if you could. Okay. You keep calling me pastor and it makes me smile. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, you are. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. When I first started getting criticism or hate or whatever, it gets under your skin sometimes. But, uh, over a, a while, you develop, there's two ways. You can either develop a thick skin and just not care. On the other hand, you can <laughs> develop empathy for the people who are attacking you mm. and realize, you know, if I were in their shoes, I'd probably say the same thing. And, and maybe I have even Mm. in the past, you know? So for me now, it's more of a, it doesn't take work to not respond with anger or, you know, whatever. It, it's just like, you know, here here we go again, you know, (laughs) just, uh, you know, I I feel empathy for a lot of them. Some people I try to respond to, but I've got, I feel there's some violence going on there. I'll I'll block them, especially if they're showing violence to other people in the conversation on Instagram or whatever. I don't care if they insult me as much as if they are trying to scare other people or bully other people. I'll I'll definitely block them. That's why my Instagram community is pretty fun place to be. I monitor pretty tightly to make sure Mm -hmm. the bullies don't get in, or if they do, they don't stay. And and so that's basically. How I do it, like when I when I say I really do believe that we're experiencing one reality and that we're all connected on a deep and fundamental level, when somebody's attacking me, they're they're a part of my family, even though they don't think so. They're they're the divisions in their mind, not in reality. So I I just have to remember that. The the division, the theological differences, the words, the ideas they have are are different, but that doesn't mean that we're separate. So that's that's how I respond. Mm. Yeah. So encouraging. David, thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. I am so excited for this episode. We have like so many episodes recorded and backlogged, but this one I'm going to bump up in the queue Whoa, because I awesome. just can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for awesome. listeners to hear it. So tell everyone where can they come find you? Where can they purchase your art, support you? Like I said, we'll make sure we put this latest one, Flip It Like This, on our website. We have a shop page that we curate our favorite books and things. And just in general, how can we support your ministry? and your mission and your your art okay so my book my new book it just came out last month flip it like this it's my best of cartoon books so i have 10 books out now this is my 10th book but i had to go through four thousand cartoons and come up with 130 that were the best of and it's based on my preference but mostly the audience response which ones people love the most and there's like 15 never before seen in the book. So you can get it on Amazon. If you don't like Amazon's Barnes and Nobles, indie books, anywhere books are sold. So, and then you can find me at nakedpastor.com. That's home base, but I'm on all social media everywhere. So you can find me, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Pinterest, on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm everywhere. And I'm really, really good at responding to people who reach out. So your emails are great too, David. I my inbox stacks up to like 500 at, at the blink of an eye, but your email is your your emails. I love reading them. And so oh, I read the email. Your emails, all all your oh, so your yeah. your places they can find you, you great, but like your actual email list. I don't know if I got on that because I was I buy your art. I we're looking at one on my wall right here of Jesus flipping the tables. That's my favorite. 
But like when, if people want to actually get on your email list, I'm sure they can do it on, on the website, right? Because your messaging every week is something I look forward to. And it's a quick, easy, but I just love your, your newsletter, so to speak, I guess is what it would be called. With the dad joke. I include a dad joke. Every yes. Week. <laughs> yes. Which oh, perfect. Terry. Perfect. Yeah. I've forwarded that to you before. <laughs> yes. You got to make sure you get yourself yeah. on there. Awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, so my art, my cartoons, my books, everything, go to nakedpastor.com and they're all there, you know, available. And I'm also on YouTube. I mentioned, I forgot to mention. Nice. But yeah, thanks for having me on. And you guys are a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kids' worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode. For links and more info about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 151. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.